You're tuned in to another episode of Recruitment Entrepreneurs by Recruit CRM. Hi, guys. Welcome to another episode of Recruitment Entrepreneurs by Recruit CRM. Uh, today with us, we have Michael Orlowski. Uh, and Michael, I would love for you to give us a little intro on who you are and what you do. Sure. Thank you for having me, Sean. I appreciate it. So again, my name is Mike Orlowski. I go with my Mike or Michael. Um, I'm originally from Detroit, Michigan. I live in the Raleigh, North Carolina area, and I got my career start in recruiting back in 2000, right out of college. I was recruited into recruiting, had no interest whatsoever. Didn't even think I was ever going to start out that job. I, I left the first interview as a, uh, a young kid who said, no way I'm going into recruiting. And here I am back involved with recruiting still some 20 years later. And Michael, why did you stick in recruitment? Like what made you stick? You know, for me at the time, it was the income, the motivation to make money quick. And I made a, a great deal of money that first year. So it kind of just stuck with me, right? Because when you're young and you're 20 years old or early, you know, 20 some years old, you don't think you can come out of college and make that much money right out of the gate. Um, so I was excited to make money and motivated to do so. And I had to really jump out of my comfort zone to do that. Solid. And, 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 and just a quick story here. So you went to high school in which, where do you go to high school? Where? Sure. I went to high school up in Michigan for two years. And then we moved to Ohio. My dad worked for Chrysler Corporation, now cool. part of uh, Peugeot, or I can't remember the new yeah. Stellis or, um, and so we moved to Ohio and then I finished high school in Ohio and the, the Cleveland area, the Akron Cleveland area. And that's where my first job was. Got it. And and did you do anything other than agency recruitment in the past 20 years or were you always in recruitment? I, I was an agency recruiter for the first two, little a little over two years. Uh, then I went to, wanted to move to North Carolina where it was warmer. I didn't like the winters. So uh, it's always gray and cloudy. I mean, you went to school in Indiana. It's always gray and cloudy in the Midwest. So I went somewhere where it was warm and it's sunny every day in North Carolina. Um, so I, I worked for a company here for a little while and then I spun off and started recruiting for myself and working for companies in the logistics industry and placing HR, sales, uh, operations professionals around the United States. And this is, this is uh, you know, you're unique among a lot of our, uh, you know, uh, the guests we've hosted because you're a story of entrepreneurship where you were mm -hmm. an executive at a larger company where you have spun out a recruitment division or a recruitment business from within the company with the same brand. So can you mm -hmm. tell me more about that? How did you start working on this company? How did this sure. decision come in? How do you structure it? How much do they own? How much do you own? Just, just give the audience an idea of what this is all about. Sure. So, you know, last year I was working in logistics as a director of logistics for a company and I met lean staff, lean staffing, lean solutions group, as we go by now, um, through the, another trucking company, actually, they were a supplier of mine. And I, I found them as they, they supply logistics, skilled individuals uh, near shore to the US out of Columbia, who provide track and trace customer service back office work for the logistics industry. And my wheels started turning then. Uh, I was looking for a new opportunity to work for myself again and get back into recruiting. And that's when I approached them and said, hey, I'm interested in opening a new division, starting a new division uh, as a partner with your company to go after the recruiting marketplace, you know, finding people in recruiting, talent acquisition, HR back office, any position associated with that. And so I partnered with them. Uh, we reached an agreement on our revenue type of a sharing model. And, I, you know, I'm not a salaried employee. I'm 100 percent 
you go after it, you build it, you start this division. And that's where we're at today. We just started in January. And so a little more on that. So how do they support you other than the brand? Do they give you, did they give you capital to start this out? Did they give you like a contract to recruit for them? Um, you know, obviously we have a contract between ourselves. Um, there was no capital involved. Everything is hundred percent my own, whatever I put into it. Uh, I'm investing in the growth of the business and the future of the business. Uh, if I hire people on my own to sell, do sales that will come out of my pocket to build the company and build the division, if you will, from there. And, and so, so is the partnership, like, is it like a 50, 50 partnership or is it more like you're just giving them like a 10% royalty or something? Yes. So they're, they're giving me a certain percentage, which I can't disclose, but they're giving me a certain percentage of the revenue. Um, they're providing marketing support. They have a really great marketing team. I get more marketing support from them than companies I actually worked for. So they do, uh, branding design, you know, they're working on their website and blogs and all that good stuff and sharing information to help with that. That's brilliant. And and have you, as part of this new outfit, have you have you made your first placement already, or are you still still? Uh, not yet. We are close. We have proposals out and active recruiters. So we have recruiters that are ready to go, and you know we're exploring and having our customers interview them now. So the individuals that we have, and and you know why we do what we do, and I usually start with this is. Why do you, you know, I always ask people, why do you do what you do? And it's for us, it's our people. We have amazing people in Colombia. Uh, they're educated. They're near the U.S. The culture is very similar. Uh, the turnover was 3% last year for us. So they're motivated to work and stay with a company. So we do this because we have great people. So that's what motivates us to do what we do. It's amazing. And, and so, so when you're doing recruiting, are, are you saying that you're recruiting folks in Colombia? Versus in the U.S. Yes. So what our company will do is our customers, we help our customers essentially set up their own office in Columbia. Uh, we help manage that and those folks for them, but they're theirs, right? They are assigned to them. They can put their logo up on the wall if it's their own office, you know, their, their customer name. They become a part of our customer's culture. And that's what makes us unique is they literally become a part of that team. And, you know, there are times they could come to the U.S. They can travel and work with them, obviously, post-COVID, I'm sure. But, you know, these individuals are – they become – just like they are a team member, they're just sitting in Colombia and they, they're bilingual, they speak great English, and they're educated and they're motivated. Get it. And, but Michael, how do the economics work? Because you're obviously sitting in, in, in the U.S. doing this and, you know, understandably, the, the, the cost of living and also the salaries in Colombia are lower. So even mm -hmm. if you're charging the same percentage commissions, like a 20-25% commission on, on placement that you do in the U.S., the, the amount of money generated for placement is probably lower in Colombia, right? So so what, what's the plan to like mitigate that, right? Because you probably have a lot of your team in the U.S. doing this. So what's unique about ours is we're not actually doing it as if we were a placement company. We're doing it as if these were employees. So they're like, uh, you know, if you have an employee salary every month, yeah. they're hiring them as if they were their employee. They're paying us a monthly fee. Um, that fee covers their salary, their retirement, their benefits, uh, you know, any taxes, it's a set fee and we're saving our customers 30 to 40% minimum uh, every month on the cost of labor and, uh, and, and administration. And so, you know, because we might have some people in the audience that might even want to pick up services like this. Could sure. you have an idea of the difference of say hiring a, this customer support person in Michigan or in, 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 in North Carolina versus hiring them in, in, in Colombia? Like what would the cost difference be? And just, just an idea. So sure. 
it's about. Sure. And in the U.S., a bilingual recruiter is usually somewhere in the 45, 40 to $45,000, $50,000 range. I think the average in the U.S. is 49000 right now. Um, and in – I'm sorry? Is that with commissions or just base salary? That's just uh, the salary. Salary range. So, and in Colombia, it's usually about 30% less than that. You know, you're going to see, depending on the level of the position, it's going to be 30%, 40% less than what they average in the US. And on top of that, you're not having to deal with the administrative, the benefits side of things. It's all taken care of by us. And we help manage that with our Lean Six Sigma team in Colombia as well. So, Michael, are you saying that you charge 30 or 40% less? So, so, you would, for example, charge 35K for that same person? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yes. It ends up averaging around 30% less, when you, especially when you factor in the extra taxes that the employer has to pay, the benefits, the retirement plan, all that. And would it be accurate to say the person in Colombia probably makes 17 or 18, like a traditional outsourcing model, where it's a 50-50 sort of margin? Yeah, it really does depend on the experience. But yes, you know, absolutely. Somewhere around there. But, but you're basically taking over the headache of actually managing this person, the legal compliance, recruiting, training, and all of that, right? Absolutely. Right. So we bring them in, we train them, we get them up to speed. Then the customer takes over and they train them their way. Right. We want them to integrate with our customer, do things their way, their culture, their their methods so they can become that company. That's the goal. Right. We want them to be an integral part of their team. Brilliant. And and what what's your goal for the first year? Right. If 2021 is your first full year, what's the goal? Sure. How much, how much revenue or margin or number of people do you want to close? What's the target? You know, I'm basing it on the number of people. You know, it's not a huge goal, but I'd love to get to somewhere in the 80 to 100 range for the number of people for the first year. It's a bit of a stretch when you're starting a new division, but I'm confident we can get pretty close. Yeah, and, and if you're talking about doing $35,000 a person, you're, you're basically saying you want to do $3 million in the first year, right? That's sort of like the – is that accurate? To sure. say? Yeah, I would say we're close, yeah. The, the goal the goal is to do three million in the in the first year. And how many people do you think you'll need on your team to do this apart from you? Well, the good news is all the back office and all the support work will be handled by the team in Colombia. So you know that's all set up. So my goal is for myself to get the get us built to that point this year. But I'd like to be able to hire one or two salespeople after a few months once we get the ball rolling a bit. But we're not quite there yet. Uh, I'm hopefully second quarter. Got it. Brilliant. And. If if we have to like since this is still very early, uh, but going like what made you decide to like do this on your own and not be on a paycheck anymore? Sure, I had started out that way right when I was a recruiter. It was a draw and we had a commission structure, um, so I've never been afraid of that since I started that way. And some of my sales roles in the past were the same way. So for me, I'm motivated for something more than just a salary. I want to build a brand. I want to build. Uh, a much larger opportunity for myself and my family. And I want to be able to help others in the process. Brilliant. And, and what's something, uh, and, and this is, this is, this is something that people, people always ask, right? How big should my net nest egg be before I get started? Right. Uh, sure. So, so, and that's a tough one, right? Yeah. Because it's, that's it's always a tough one. Yeah. Because it's different for everyone, right? Everyone's personal situation, kids and all of that is pretty different, but, but in, sure. in your case, like, uh, what were the things you had to look at and like, how did you plan that? Okay. This much of a nest egg is enough. And what's sure. right. Just, just, just sure. an idea of how, how you thought about this going, going in. Sure. So, and that was a big factor in it, right? Because if it had been a year two, five years sooner, 
I wouldn't have been able to do it. You definitely got to have some money set aside because you know, you got to get a certain amount of time without that, that extra income. Right. So, you know, for me, I, I, you know, I'd say close to 12 months as you can get is ideal, you know, especially if you have a family, um, you know, I have a wife, she works as well, but um, you know, 12 months is probably this minimum if you can, but it depends on the business, right? If, if you're just a traditional recruiting model, you could probably get by with six if you're really good and aggressive. Um, but for me, it was, I need to be able to get through the year um, 2021 without any extra income. And, and I've set that up such that we should be fine, but it's also a motivating factor, right? Yeah, absolutely. Cause, cause you, it, it's like a ticking clock, right? So you, you, you yes. have to score those points before the clock runs out. Cause right. Then you're back, <laughs> like, you're, 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 you're not back to where you started. You're worse off because now you're burnt out your nest egg. Right. And that's yeah, exactly, that, that's what exactly it goes through. Uh, but, but how do you plan, how do you think about investing? Because uh, another big thing, apart from just having enough money to pay for your own stuff, right. Sure. Is, uh, is, is all the expenses that are involved in starting a company, right? Cause right. running a company isn't just about like 12 months of, the amount of money you need to survive and pay for your, Correct. you know, food and shelter and so on. But it's also right. business expenses, setting up a business, doing accounting, uh, yes. trademark setup. Uh, and in your case, I think you offloaded some of that to uh, the partner company that you spun this out of. But, but, but how did you think about that? Was, was that part of your 12 month plan or, or was that a separate budget that you came up with? It's definitely something you have to consider. For me, I had a company already set up because I worked for myself before and I kept it. I've always kept it. Um, excuse me. So I've always had that. And I, so my expenses were already there for that. And it's minimal in the United States for most, you know, hundreds of, you know, a few hundred dollars, hundreds of dollars to get the business set up at the most. Uh, but then you have LinkedIn, right? Everybody in this business has to use LinkedIn. If they're not, they're making a huge mistake. Um, other social media, which you're not typically paying for, but uh, I don't have to worry about the website because Lean Solutions Group already has that. Um, so that helps. But there are some expenses. Uh, phone, I just use my cell phone and uh, I use Zoom. So, you know, we have Zoom meetings now. Um, so there's not major, you know, some have uh, CRMs and different uh, applicant tracking systems. I, luckily, I don't have that at this point because Lean Solutions Group has that. So, and I'm using their CRM. So, um, you know, that's the advantage at this point to me not having as many, say, startup expenses, whereas uh, it is important to consider. Uh, I did read a podcast or see a podcast the other day where I think he said some some of the recruiters, they could start up for $500 to $1,000 based okay. on just the basics and then continue to elevate from there. Brilliant. And and what would you say is like the toughest part of doing this by yourself? The toughest part is making sure you allocate your time to the right tasks, right? Um, you know, how much time are you going to spend on social media and LinkedIn and building your network and getting the brand out there on your own? How much time are you going to spend calling individual potential customers? And then as you get going, your time is pulled, managing accounts, um, doing demos. So you've got to learn to really and I'd say number one, manage your time well. And how do you how do you do that personally? Is is it just a calendar that you use, or do you use like a system? Like, what do you use to do that? For me, I just have a calendar. Uh, it's all integrated. Everything I have is integrated, personal and business, so that I see everything that's going on. Uh, I plan my day. I work. You know, the key there in recruiting, and I think a lot of recruiters know this: is plan your day the night before. Always be prepared when you start in the morning. Get up early. You know, um, I took some time off in November, October, November 
uh, December. And so I got lazy for a couple of months. I had to get, you know, January started. I had to start getting back up again. I get up at 530 in the morning and get going. So you got to get up early and, and get out there early and get moving. That's solid. Okay. And and now these are a few of our simple closing questions, right? Uh, what's the plan for the next 10 years? Like if, if you had to say the perfect situation in 10, 10 years or even five years, what would that be? Sure. Yeah. Sure. So um, that's a great question. I would say, you know, the goal in five years is to be somewhere in the thousand, fifteen hundred people range uh, on staff. Um, it's early, so we're still going to that plan's going to change. But I think that's a safe and reasonable target. And hopefully to get to the point where we have five plus sales reps out there in the market some account managers helping to manage the customers. Uh, I came from an account management background before this uh, a couple of years ago. So I believe very heavily in, in strong account management. Brilliant. So the goal is sort of to do 50 million in, in five years. That would be great. Yeah. yeah. That would be great. And, you know, that's everybody's goal is to, you know, get that number higher and higher. But, you know, I think that we'll, you know, we have 2000 already yeah. on staff in the logistics division. No reason why we can't in five years get somewhere close to at least a thousand. Really, it makes makes sense. And now, instead of looking forward, looking back, if if you had to go and talk to your 20, 20 year old self, what advice would you give yourself? If I had to go back, I would have changed. I wouldn't have gone down some of the paths that I went after I left recruiting. I probably would have stayed in recruiting, thought a little harder. And in full honesty, I got lazy. I got burned on a couple of placements and I got scared. I learned a valuable lesson, but I wouldn't have given up when I did. I would have gone back, regrouped, fought harder, and would have been probably the much much better off because of it. But I've learned so much that you know it's been very beneficial for me to to learn the way that I did. So, so with, would the advice for your twenty year old self then be to suck it up and keep grinding? <laughs> suck it up, keep pushing. Um, something I learned after my twenty year old self was people first. You know, people help others get what they want, help others get to where they need to be. Then you will benefit that much more. It's just, it's a, it's a people business. You have to help people and you have to want to help people. That's brilliant, Michael. Love it. And uh, thanks for doing this. Thanks for being part of the episode. Uh, I hope to interview again, uh, interview you again in like a year and hopefully you'd have hit that 3 million magic number. And then you'd be talking about more exciting things that you've learned doing this. That would be terrific. It was awesome. Great. Thank you very much. And that's all for today's episode of Recruitment Entrepreneurs. Like and follow us if you liked today's episode and want to hear more stories from the world of recruitment. Mm -hmm.